Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And we have the happiest topic ever for you today. Yep. Peyton. We surely do. Hey, look, a lot of you guys, when you first came to, I mean, we've been doing you this five know, years, right? Whenever you're about to tell someone the topic, you decide, you know what, I better go into the windup to explain to them why this topic is so important. You know, it's a preacher. You know. I, I'm a preacher. It's like, ooh, this is going to be a topic no one really wants to talk about. You know, it, but but so many do. It's like it's like the topic that nobody wants to ask how to do like these basic things. When you become a minister, um, nobody tells you like how to do weddings and funerals. You got to figure that stuff out. So today we're going to talk about how to do a funeral, and in the wind up is because you can't just go in there and go, hey, we're going to talk about funeral, y'all. We we got to talk about this is – here's the deal, man. Like a lot of you guys have been listening. What we came to find in the beginning, we were talking about planning a church. What we found is a lot of you guys are church planners. You didn't go to seminary or nobody really mentored you in basic ministry. So what we tend to find is we have to – Kind of be your your ministry mentor on uh, so many basic things that uh, I started thinking about our topics. Weddings, those are fun. Those are easy. But funerals, you know, that's somebody's big day. That's that's a, that, you know, and I don't mean like it a big day as in woohoo. I mean, like, that's the day you don't want to say stuff wrong and wreck it. Like, if you say something or goof up and I have some of the worst Wedding faux pas ever. Like, for example, when you 
turn to the the couple and say, you see, when two men love each other, and you meant to say people, and you accidentally said men, that's not good, right? But what kind uh, of weddings are you doing, Pastor Baton? <laughs> But uh, it was one of my best friends, too, which was kind of even more funny because, you know, maybe some questions were raised that day. That's all I'm saying. But there was no way to bring that back. I had to just in the middle just, ugh. And then, I'm sorry, Jay. That was the only – and everybody was busting up. Well, when you screw up like that in a wedding, you can bring it back because it it, it everybody laughs. And everybody's there to laugh at a wedding People aren't there to laugh at a funeral. So, you know, it's not quite the same when you screw up a funeral, like getting the person's name wrong. That's a really bad thing to do at a funeral. So I want to talk today. Uh, we'll do smack talk. What do you first, mean, Bob died? Up. I thought Bob was still alive. I thought he was just on life support. You mean he died too? Uh, oh, that's his brother? Oh, sorry. My bad. So uh, anyways, yeah, we're, we're going to talk today about funerals and how to do them. And maybe you've been doing them and you do them and you're awesome at them. But maybe you've been doing them. And uh, really, to be honest, the first time I did a funeral, I was, gosh, like 20 years old, man. And uh, I had no clue what to do. But my, my, my pastor was going to be in Israel and I was the assistant. So I kind of had to jump in. In fact... Most of what okay, I ended up doing. Okay, why don't we just save this for the actual topic? Because you're already boring me. I am, yeah. Well, hey, you as an ordained minister, Pete Mitchell, ought to be thinking about these things. Hey, you know what? You don't have to be an ordained minister to do a funeral. That's true. I'm just saying anybody can do a funeral. That is true, which dust is why everybody, including you, Pete Mitchell, ought to be interested. To ashes. There you go. <laughs> Done. Uh, what what is it? Ashes to ashes, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. God won't take you, so the devil must. Wasn't hey, that the? You're not supposed to say that either. Have you seen the meme where it's got George Washington and he's wearing the red uh, "Make America Great" hat, no. great again hat? Except all it says is "Make America." <laughs> <laughs> was one of the best ones that is really good man i got on on somebody on facebook i'm on their like uh facebook feed and they just put out some of the best memes ever they are absolutely hilarious Who is it? it's called liberty memes and they just equally go after everybody <laughs> like oh, no one it. no one is safe there is no sacred ground and then like I was listening to an interview with them, and they they just spoke at something called Liberty Con, and they go, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, someone might join us because we put out a meme that like makes fun of Hillary Clinton, and then the very next one will put out a meme that's making fun of Donald Trump, and everyone will go, you know, this isn't the same page that it used to be. I'm leaving, <laughs> something like that's that. That's rad. They're like, that's kind of like Coffee with Jesus. Remember oh, that yeah. cartoon strip? He makes fun of everybody and everything. Does and I he? love it? That's the best kind, man, when the guy doesn't have a particular axe to grind but finds, uh, kind of like this podcast, finds a little bit of irony in everything. And uh, nobody is sacred or off, off limits. I like that. Hey, Pete, have we got any phone calls that have come in any time uh, recently? <laughs> you really any want mail to, you want to read? You really want me to play that phone message I got? Hey, I'm, we can't control what, what correspondence we All get, right, Pete. Well, this, this is a message that I received uh, from a pastor in, in Alabama. Hi there. 
My name's Dewey, and I'm calling for Pete Mitchell. I understand that Pete Mitchell will train my congregation to blow people away in the name of Jesus. Oh. Hey, Pete, give me a call. Oh. I got some bullet hair. I got some gun hair. But I don't know how to shoot them at people. Could you please come and tell my church how to do that? That would be rad. That would be good. I would love it. We'll show you how to probably cook up a hog over here. We'll show you how to read the Bible. And uh, you can show us how to uh, how to shoot people. That's what we want. So we hear that's your ministry and uh, that you can help us with that. So give me a call. Again, that's Dewey at First United Church of the Happy People in Jesus. And we're in Alabama, by the way. That's a long way to come. But uh, we take airplanes. So we can we can invite you over and we can put you on an airplane. Bye. I'm glad that they've discovered the use of airplanes there. That's wonderful. <laughs> and and here's our closing remark to that. Church Planner Magazine. <laughs> nice. Hey, welcome everyone to the Church Planner Podcast, where we're finally doing this in the morning, so it's going to be better. I promise. Uh, that's what you think, and then I kind of whipped out that funeral topic. No, no, wait, wait a second, guys. This is what I'm hearing from you. Let's talk about something somber right now. Let's just kick it off and talk about funerals. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where you're going with that. I didn't know where uh, I was going with it either, and I think it showed. No, no, it was good. It was good. All I I got to say is, man, I'm telling you, This is my prediction. This is my prediction for the end of the world. (laughs) So for everyone, I want to be clear. I am not a prophet. (laughs) So let's, let's not stone Pete after this one. But here's my prediction. Trump and Kim Jong-un are having a summit. You say that like you mean it. If there are two more volatile guys who should never get together ever, it's those two. Those two need a chaperone for sure. Oh my, yeah, it'll probably be the president of the Philippines. That guy's literally just as crazy as the two of them. He just has oh, no man. power whatsoever. So here's my prediction. Trump's going to go over there, and there's going to be an assassination attempt. Now, either they kill him or not. I don't know. But then that's going to mean America's got to go, what? You want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? They're going to go bomb in North Korea, which, of course, China's not going to stand for. Cause that's I don't know, though. If they take our president out, I think China will stand back and say, hey, you guys are on your own. You took the president out. No, no. They're going to go, oh, no, you're too close to us. We can't have Hey, man, look, when Archduke right Ferdinand hey, this is my, was this assassinated. This is my prophecy. This is my prophecy. Let me well, tell my prophecy. Archduke, oh, wait, that turned into World War One. Never mind. I'm wrong. And then... China's going to jump in because they're going to be like, sweet, dude, let's let's kick them while they're down. And then Russia's going to sit there and go, hey, we're just going to wait and see who loses. And then we're going after the winner. And boom, the end of the world has come. All because of a summit. I'm just saying. Stock up now uh-huh. on your guns and arms. You're going to need it. Or the winter's coming. Get that. Or, or. For many of you, um, stock up on that binge watching of Netflix. Kids are running out of time. You need to start watching Red Dawn, the original one, please. <laughs> yes. Because that's Wolverines! what's coming. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> well, 
our high school mascot was like the coolest mascot ever. So we're just going to keep going with Wolverines. Pretty much. And, uh, you know, while you're at it, you might as, throw, might as well throw in a San Dumas High School Football Rules. Oh, dude, that's awesome. A little flashback to Bill and Ted's. Absolutely. I like it. I, I found myself about two weeks ago giving that entire synopsis of that movie, uh, one and two. <laughs> To a pastor friend of mine. Well, I'll have to t- trust you on number two. I hated number two. I know it was like your favorite. What? I know, but I hated oh, it. Oh, dude. Don't you remember? You and I have like night and day uh, viewing. We, we really do. Now, I, I have to say this. I did think of something earlier in the week. Now, normally I think, ooh, that'd be good for Smack Talk, which, by the way, if you're listening, you're already gone if you don't know this, but this is smack talk, right? Because you're like, there is Let's no face it, the only people who were listening to this, oh. the only people who were listening to this episode when they saw the title was "How to Do a Funeral" <laughs> are the people who were tuning in for smack talk. True, true, but you know, some people might be walking around thinking, "I might be called upon one day, and I won't know what to do." You know, just tuck that little gem away. You know, you know what's going to um, be because podcasts are eternal. It's going to be the guy who's got a funeral like this weekend going, I don't know how to do it. He's going to come back and listen to this Dude, one. Pete, we've been doing this five years That's now. It's a long time. It is a long time, man. And we still can't get past 100 listeners. What's up? <laughs> Pete, Pete jests. If, you, if, if he just made you feel like a loser for listening, he is lying. That's what he does. He's a marketer. He lies. No, no, no. If you just signed a contract with us to advertise on the podcast, he is lying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, um, yeah, you know, I, I found myself every once in a while. It's funny, movies, movies that I like that nobody else would touch with the 10-foot pole. A um, couple of them that just come to mind, Time Bandits, old Terry Gilliam film, Monty Python cast, John Cleese, a few other, Eric Idle. That movie's rad, and it stars a bunch of little people. We will not call them midgets. Little people who uh, are really their cherubs who worked for God in the shrubbery department during the days of creation. But they have this time-traveling map because, you know, as as one of the characters says, a bit of a butch job, you see. We only had seven days to do it. So they have to go back through time and repair the shrubs that they got wrong. But they decide to become international pirates and use the time portals to raid, pillage, and plunder. Uh, Napoleon, uh, King David. I mean, it's it's a fun movie. And uh, the devil's in it. He has computers, so he is convinced he's going to beat God. Because God creates slugs, he makes computers. And that's his rationale. Fantastic movie. No one else likes it. Sean Connery's in it. I mean, it's got an amazing cast. Um, but... That's one of those movies I could watch a million times. In fact, I have it memorized. If you watch it with me, I can mouth the entire film word by word. Oh, are you getting ready for Ready Player One? Oh, you better believe it. And if you but haven't the, read the book, you have no idea what we're talking about. Oh, my gosh, dude. Go read that book now. It is like an 80s fest. And and you the other movies, speaking planners, of 80s fest, you realize most church movies are, are millennials, No, 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 no right? I, you got to do your prophecy. I get to do my, my stroll down memory 80s. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a superpower. Could That's you be a, invisible, fly, or make the train noise? Well, if I'm doing a podcast, I make shut the train up, noise. Nathan, right there. <laughs> but the movie I watched was Excalibur. Have you ever watched Excalibur? I don't know. It doesn't sound familiar. 
King Arthur, Merlin. It is an amazing, it has a naughty bit. So you got to fast forward that at the beginning. But, uh, that movie is the weirdest, coolest thing all at once. And, you know, Andrew walks through the room the other day and sees Merlin talking and goes, see, he just ruins it for me. And it's true. Like the Merlin character in that film plays it so weird. And yet it's got this like quirky eighties thing that kind of works for me, but he'll, he'll do things like this. It'll be like, I've been walking my way through time for hundreds of years. And then he, he has this weird thing. He does where I think he's trying to be like mystical, but it'll go, when life and death was but a dream. And he talks like that. And it's it's all kinds of cheesy and just bizarre. And yet it works for me. And Arthur, of course, he tries to play himself as a young man, which means he talks like this the whole time. And it's just this weird, overacted thing. But like uh, Jean-Luc Picard is in it. Liam Neeson is in it. You can barely recognize him. He's so young in it. Like there's all these like actors that you would know now that's that are in this thing and uh but it is it is a brutal movie it's these guys in these big heavy suits of armor whacking on each other with axes and swords and it's kind of cool yeah that's great i'll uh i'll just leave that one right there and just walk i have away. i have to get my fix every every few years of excalibur hey so let's uh i think we need to have a section on the podcast memes <laughs> oh i agree how about this one no one shall wield the sword no one shall wield Excalibur but me. That's yeah. a big line out of that movie. Okay, I'll just, it, it just. I'm just saying, like, we need that. I don't need. We to need play a my lot play of sound bites. I, I read the book. We're good. We need that sound bite. <laughs> and uh, there was a there was a perfect sound bite I had in my head today for us. What about the uh, What about the one that I texted you? The you Facebook. Te- the Facebook comment. You, you said you wanted. You said you wanted to bring it up on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was that? I don't remember. I was all like ten minutes ago, man. I remember stuff. You, you don't know remember, me. You don't remember? Let that sink in. Oh, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So there's this. Um, I'll, I'll let you give the punchline. But there was this. Uh, this uh, person posted a meme, and it was a Christian. Uh, I, I, yeah, I know and, the and they were looking for the. I don't think they got the reaction from Pete they wanted, but it was <laughs> it was basically this. It goes. Out of all of the U.S. presidents, living presidents, living U.S. presidents, only one of them attended Billy Graham's funeral. Let that sink in. It was Donald J. Trump. <laughs> and, and, and Pete's response. I, so I just put underneath that, knowing how much Billy loved to preach the gospel, he probably loved having a non-Christian there, like Trump at his funeral, <laughs> giving him the chance to hear the gospel, perhaps for the first time. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Of a response. And Pete sends me this whole thing. I can't stay out of trouble. Hee hee. <laughs> I didn't hee hee. All I put was Facebook brings out the worst in me. Because I just, I don't know what it is about Facebook. But it's like, I see all these memes and I want to like comment. Or I want to like, oh, I like that one. Share it. <laughs> Share it. Like What I love is how very frequently or how less frequent it is for you to even get irritated. When you're putting stuff like you are... You are like the happy troll when you post stuff like that. It's like you're not even mad. Everyone else is all mad. And I, you know, I, I was, stay off I was not mad when I destroyed our mutual friend on Facebook. I mean, yes. I destroyed him and I wasn't mad. I was just like, here's the problem. 
I was using logic. He was using emotion. And that's why I wasn't upset. I was like, dude, here's why your argument doesn't work. And he was like, oh, no, how dare you? How dare you? What, a, what about the kids? What about the kids? <laughs> like, that's, that's, you can sum up every argument right there. Well, here's, here's the reality is I, I you know, I have to, to back off from Facebook and social media to air out my, I, you know, I don't like people enough and people make me irritated enough in that, real that's life. That's my problem. Like I need to like, seriously, like ban this website. Like tell my, my router, I am no longer allowed to go to facebook.com. Cause I can't, I can't help, but just like comment. Well, here's the thing, man. Like, you know, you, you got your people out there who are like, you know, Hey, you know, you gotta speak out on this, that, and that as Christians and, um, this and that. You know, I don't often feel that way. And, and the reason why is like, I think you should speak out against sex trafficking. <coughs> I think you should speak out against injustice. But what a lot of people are doing now in the name of Christianity is they're really speaking for a particular political agenda. Yeah. And when I see that, um, it, it's almost like right now it's really cool to speak and I'm not a Republican, but it's really cool to speak against Republicans and really cool to speak for the Democrats, but you kind of veil it and hide it, you know, or, or for liberalism to me, I still think it's fallen into the trap where the disciples, they kept wanting to make everything political. And Jesus is like, look, my kingdom is not of this world, guys. We're, we're not going there. And, and, you know, Paul tells Timothy, you know, do not become entangled in civilian affairs. So for me as a preacher of the gospel, I'm always looking at everything going, is it right for me to jump in on this? Yes, I have an opinion, but I was not called to preach my opinion. I am a preacher of the gospel. My first and foremost life calling right now is to be a mouthpiece for God as much as I can. So there, there are times where I'm selective about what I post. And I got friends sometimes be like, Hey, I look at your Facebook and it looks like it's very carefully crafted what you post. It kind of is to a certain degree because I don't just vomit everything I think and feel on there because I don't necessarily always represent me in my life. And so I, there's a certain gate that's there for me. And, and I'm cool with that. I've made peace with that. I don't get to say what I'm unhappy and happy about all the time because I, as Paul said, I make myself a slave to all that I might save some. Yeah. But what about the kids? <laughs> well, <laughs> what about Bob, Pete? What about Bob? I, I literally, man, I gotta, I gotta kill like my Facebook feed. I, I just, I, I, here's a true story, man. When everything happened after uh, the Florida, uh, horrific events, I had to like shut off all of my gun groups that I'm in because they were like, they were getting my dander up because they would like take clips of like conversations they're having with people on Facebook. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, these people are so stupid. And I literally, I had to turn them all off. So now, so now my Facebook feed has no guns in it. I'm very disappointed. It's, it's a heartbreak. But I had to do that. It still didn't stop me, but it, it slowed me down. That's, that's a step in the right direction. I think so. 
I think any slowing down of Pete Mitchell is a good thing. Dude, I'm telling you. I am telling you. But I do. I need to like tell my router, uh, Pete Mitchell is no longer allowed to go to Facebook.com. Can you do that? Can you be like, uh, Alexa, um, you need to uh, limit me from t- being on Facebook and looking at I gun sites? I actually do know I can do it with my router. <laughs> I could actually go in there and like ban it between 9 and 5. Yeah, you probably should do that. I really should. Yeah. I need you to stay financially plump so that when I get him back involved in church planning ventures, um, you can be my sugar daddy. So, I'm just going to, you know, hey, I value honesty. I know you do, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, who was I talking to? I was talking to my buddy Martin yesterday. I'm like, he's like, so what have you been up to? I go, well, for the first time in about seven months, I started working this week. I go, That's don't rad. worry. It's only going to last for about 30 days, and then I'm going to stop it again. But I've actually been working. Go figure. Yeah, well, you know, hey, even addicts have to feed their habit. You know, they have to put a little work in. I got a, I got temp a big work project. is is not a bad thing, Pete. I got a big project. We actually had uh, when I say we, I'm speaking of the royal we. <laughs> we isn't me. I've had three people join the platinum Bivo Inner Circle in like the last uh, seven what? to ten days. I know, seven to ten days. Nice. They're nice. like, hey, you know what, Pete? I'm ready to step up and and take this church planning thing to a whole new level. I'm like, I got your back. Right. I got that's awesome. Back. I don't get anything out of that when they join that. That's huh? why I said. I don't get a little cut, huh? That's why I said, we, like in the royal sense. <laughs> I need to do Even, Don't I get a little sliver for the church planning part of that or no? No, nothing? Here, here's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wink for those All of right. you who are. For every, for every, here's my new rule. For everyone who joins Platinum, just for my church planning contribution, you need to give me a hug. Oh, man, I might just have to pay you. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying, guys, right there, what you just witnessed is you need to know how to push the buttons on your partner to get what you want. That, and that's you, what you just witnessed. You read Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal, didn't you, right there? You just went right into the Changed my life. I highly recommend it right alongside the Bible. <laughs> well, it's... Never mind. I'm not even going to go there. Okay. So. I probably shouldn't have gone there either. But uh, <laughs> so, hey, should we actually get started with today's I, topic? I was just thinking that. Welcome. Uh, you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by Regal Cinema Theater Church. Guys, here's the deal. If you're just thinking the only places you can meet are a home, a school, or a community center, you're blowing it. You need to go and reach the unreached in public spaces. And the way you can do that is get in touch with Regal Cinemas. They will allow your church to meet there on Sunday mornings. How do you sign up? You go to corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater dash church. Remember, when you spell theater, it's not how you think it was. No, my friend, it is the British way. Why? Because you're in America. That's why. Remember, that's corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E dash church. I like it. I like it. Like so, it? Uh, today's topic, which is being brought to you by Regal Cinema, and if you think about it, a lot of movies that play have people dying in them. That's like a major point of like every movie, someone's got to die. Oh, that was a rat attempt at a segue, Pete. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you were the pastor at a church that happened to meet at a Regal Cinemas, how would you do your funeral? Ooh. Wow, I, I would totally show a rad film about death. 
a bad one. That's a bad answer. I like that answer, Peyton. At least you're not showing the bad films about death. Yeah. W- which are? Um, I think it was like Total Recall. Wasn't that the one that had like the most people <laughs> dying it ever? That was just a bad fem- film in general. <laughs> Thanks for driving tidy car. So uh, <laughs> Come on, dude. That was like, what was that, early 90s? You can't fault oh, that. <laughs> he was pulling that big marble out of his nose. Yeah, Come on. you still know it. And you I know do. all the what? I saw it in the theater like three two, times. Two weeks. Two, two weeks. Two oh, weeks. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was rad. You know, not to be outdone by Blade Runner. <laughs> I'm not kidding, man. I tried watching that thing again the other day. I was like, I could not get past like the first 10 minutes. I'm like, this movie is so bad. It's just really? an awful movie. Yeah, we, we don't like the same movie. So I actually enjoyed that. That was a fun ride. Uh, you watch just, it again? I would totally watch it again. I don't think you can Remember, make it. You don't think so? I, I have to try it. It's that bad. Try it. It's worse the yeah. second time. Whereas Star Wars got better the second time if you take a nap. This one got worse the second time if you stay awake. Can't remember who was asking me about that film recently. They're like, so would I like need to watch the first one first? I'm like, yes. What, Blade Runner? Yeah. I did rewatch Blade Runner. But even when I rewatched Blade Runner, I was like, wow, this is really slow. But it was like, you know, 80s, 90s, whatever, whenever it was. So, Hey, Pete, you really don't want to talk about funerals today, do you? You're the one who let the transition keep going. It's not my fault. So uh, back to funerals. Um, I, I would like to title this one "The Joy of Funerals." I figure that one that title hasn't been taken probably on the podcast world. So, uh, dude, morning podcasts are fun. <laughs> we we joy, can never do podcasts in the, the afternoon. Joy of funerals. The I joy can't of wait. funerals. I can't wait till I get to do another funeral. Who's dying in my congregation? Because <laughs> I am just tuned up to do a funeral. I can't wait to lose another loved one. That was so fun. You know, it, it's funny because, you know, I, I think about death a lot. And I've actually been going through a really rough time with death, which is kind of to be expected. I don't think you're supposed to enjoy it. I think that um, Jesus, when it says in Jesus wept at, at, at Lazarus' tomb, I think it actually says that that he was angry. Um, some people say he's angry at unbelief. Other people say he was angry at death. I think he was angry at death. The Bible says death is an enemy. The Bible never says that death is a natural, you know, the circle of life. That's the crap that we tell ourselves on pop culture because we don't want to face the reality that death is an interruption in the created order of the universe. Death was never meant to be. No, um, and that's actually an one of the things. That, that's actually one of the things that huh? I, I found most interesting was uh, in rereading Genesis, seeing that death was actually a gift from God. Where yeah. he's basically going, "Look, if we don't stop him from getting the uh, the yep. tree of life, he's going to live forever." And that's yeah. not good. Yeah, and even you, you see that you see where like you know the limit of years on our life is actually God's mercy. So after the the flood, He says, "Hey, you guys aren't going to live so long anymore," because you had the Nephilim, you had people living hundreds of years old who got so good at sinning that the world became a cesspool. You did not just go to the Nephilim, did you? Because oh, dude, 
I, you know, I'm Genesis says they were there before the flood and after. So don't yeah. make us go back to that conversation that we had no, on Voxer no, no. about hey, the Nephilim. Hey, hey, listen now. Which would be a way <laughs> I know more all fun about, topic. I am an expert in Nephilim. That would be a way more fun topic than the funeral. It would be fun. But I found a, I found a crazy book when I was cleaning out my office on the Nephilim. Oh, you know really? how like when you're pastoring and people are like, oh, you – have to read this book, Pastor. And it's you look at it and you're just like, just just the cover tells me this book and you are a little bit crazy. But it was one of those books. Oh, oh, you're one of those Christians. <laughs> sure, I'll read this. Thank you so much. I, I guess I'll know what I'm doing for my quiet time in the next couple months. But, you know, it, it's interesting. You know, I can't think of anything better to be studying right now than the Nephilim while we're trying to reach downtown Long Beach. But, you know, it's it's funny because, um, you know, the the whole idea is that, you know, death was an interruption and you had the rise of all of this evil. And God's like, well, boom, you know, that's it. But when it comes to funerals, you, like I said earlier, you really don't want to screw up someone's day where they're mourning. Right. It's a serious time. And personally, for me, I mean, I started doing funerals, like I said, when I was about 19 or 20. Um, it was one of the first big boy jobs I, that I did as a minister, communion being the very first. I handled communion every week, and that terrified me. So I remember getting asked to do communion. I think they were kind of like, here's the janitor job. You know, you babysit people while they come into the prayer room for communion. And I had this experience with it like, I, I can't believe they've asked me to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, like this is sacred. This is and, – and I was – you know, and I, I still um, communion to me is this kind of awesome experience and this this burden like um, it's I, I don't take it lightly. But doing a funeral felt like that as well. And so I asked my pastor, I said, hey, you know, I've never done a funeral. What do I do? And I was terrified. And, um, you know, so he, he goes here, read this book. And he gave me like the minister's handbook. Was published by Baker. Oh, I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be another book on the Nephilim. Okay, that's cool. Uh, it wasn't the Nephilim book. No. Okay. All right. Um, it was actually a book uh, looking, uh, analyzing superlapsarian and infralapsarian uh, theologies. It was very helpful. And and no, it, it was the <laughs> Minister's Handbook uh, by Baker Books. And it, it gave just a very basic outline. But what was most helpful was what my pastor said. And he goes, Peyton, here's what you do. He goes, let me just run it down for you in like 30 seconds. So this is going to be a quick podcast. <laughs> Jeez, and we'll talk about more of that. But he goes, we can stretch goes, anything out. They're there to remember somebody. Keep that in the forefront of your mind. He goes, here's what you got to do. Number one, you open up for prayer. Number two, you welcome everybody there. You talk about the person. You, you have all the family write you a paragraph or two. Um, you, you share a summary of the life. You give a, a mini potted biography of that person's life. He goes, then you pray again. You preach the gospel. And he goes, now you're not going for the gold. You're going to preach maybe a five minute or 10 minute gospel sermon. He goes, then you're going to ask the family to come up one by one. And I go, whoa, 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 hold on. If I'm going to preach the gospel, what if the person's not saved? What do I do? So I'll come back to that answer. But anyways, he goes, you have the family come up. You have them speak. And uh, he goes, and then you pray. And that's it. And if you go to the graveside, 
you, there's another mini ceremony. And that one really freaked me out because he didn't tell me what to do for that. And I remember going to my first gravesite. I had no clue what to do. So I just prayed a bunch. And, I was going to uh, say, you said the gospel again. No. On that one, I, I'll, I'll go through it step by step. But that was kind of the basic overview. And it seemed pretty simple. You know, so um, a lot of times there's a wake, you announce that at the end, but um, it's that simple. It's literally that you open in prayer, you uh, you give a, a overview of their life, you pray again, you give a gospel message, you pray again, you ask the family members to come up and share, and you close in prayer and thank everyone for coming. I mean, it's really that simple. So a lot of ministers, when they're going into ministry, they don't realize it. Like a wedding service, I could do blindfolded now. In fact, I, I have that thing memorized, but the reality is... And you is have done it blindfolded, so... Yeah, well, that's extra money. But <clears throat> the um, the reality is I don't charge for weddings or funerals. Um, people do end up giving you gifts. It's just what people do, and it depends. If it's a funeral, I'll keep it. If it's a wedding and the couple is poor... Um, or young, I don't keep it. You know, I tell them, no, no, look, I'm ripping this up. Or if it's cash, I slip it back into their jacket or something like that. I do something sneaky and give the money back to them. But, um, well, th- th- I'll, thanks for that snort, by the way. That was a great one. That was, uh, yes, you're welcome. Um, I am a productive man in many ways. Yes. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting because, when it comes to it, like some guys make killer money. I, I hear of guys sometimes charging five grand to do a wedding. I know because I can And get if you'd like come. to find out how to do that, you can join the Bible Inner Circle. We will soon be having a choice. How much does he pastor. charge? Do you know? Uh, he's got different levels depending on how much counseling you get with it. But I All think right, it's okay. basically like a thousand bucks. Yeah, which is cheap. I mean, I, you know, depends on where you're much. in the country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and I don't by the way, I don't think anybody's wrong for taking money for a wedding. Um, it's twenty I, minutes. I weigh it through <laughs> That's every the greatest time. twenty minutes ever. <laughs> hey, I weigh it through every time. You know, should I be taking this? Should I should I charge? Should I this? Should I that? But I found off more often than not, it creates gospel opportunities and gospel relationships that I value more than taking money. And that's that's kind of ten Tended to be my mo on funerals, though I you, I've never set a fee for for a funeral, but I, I for some reason I'll take it. You know, yeah. Um, see, to me it would be the exact opposite. I'd have no problem taking it from the wedding. It would be harder for me to take it on a funeral. Yeah, it's funny because we talked about that because we got Ed Choi with Bible Inner Circle, and he's come up with this whole thing where he's like, "Hey, you can you could pretty much supplement your income that you don't make from ministry." doing weddings if you want to give your time to do that. And I was like, hey, brother, my my buddy does that with funerals. And, like, the funeral home loves him. Like, they'll buy him, like, you know, $250 worth of clothes at the local surf shop because it's in the Oceanside. They love him to death. But the guy is so gifted at it that they're constantly recommending him. So he's he's busy. He's always doing weddings, funerals, uh, Fridays, Saturdays. But he makes he makes tons of money off it. And I remember you going, yeah, I don't really want to get into that. Because you were like, hey, maybe we can put together a program on how to make money off of doing funerals. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's not me. I can't be promoting, hey, go chase this ambulance. If the dude dies, cha-ching. 
Go do his funeral. Yeah, and I get that. I you can't, know? And, I can't. and of course, it's not something that I personally struggle with because I don't, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like I don't personally make money off this stuff. So, you know, if someone happens to give me a gift, cool. But also if they're poor, I will tear it up, you know? Yeah. So it just depends. Like if, if there's a single woman who has lost her husband and she's, you know, been the stay at home all her life, I'm not going to take that check. You know what I mean? Somebody like, no, that's my gift to you. I loved your husband. Um, it, one, one major piece of advice, guys, and I see ministers do this a lot. Do not do it for your family members. Um, because you're the minister, everyone's going to normally and naturally look to you. Do not do people close to you unless, I say that with a caveat, unless it really means something to you to do your father's funeral. I did my father's funeral. I I don't know why. I think because I was the minister and it saved everybody a phone call. I would have much rather have just sat and mourned my dad. That's funny. My dad, as a pastor, has done everyone in my family's funeral. Yeah. You know, I, uh, my, all my grandparents, one of my, one of my best friends passed away is really interesting because I don't know if you know this, but you're a replacement. Um, I had a best friend before you. I believe uh, me. I know I'm a replacement (laughs) and I know I'm replaceable. (laughs) Seven years, seven years ago, um, yesterday, my best friend, uh, passed away and, um, you know, he was, he was the guy couldn't wait to start hanging out with when I got back. And, um, and it was devastating to me. I mean, it was, it was very crippling. And last night, you know, I just sat and cried. You know, I posted something on Facebook and, you know, just it's every year, man, it sucks. And, you know, all day yesterday I was, I was grumpy. I was angry. I was sad. I was, you know, depressed. And, uh, but you know, I couldn't have done that dude's funeral. In fact, I went up to speak and I lost it. And I, I, it took me a long time to regain my composure because when it's someone really close to you, you don't need to be running that funeral. You need to mm-hmm. be, and I didn't run his funeral. You know, I didn't officiate. I, I just, but they had me get up and speak and I'm glad I spoke, but it, it was tough, man. You know, it was really tough. So I would say on those two things, definitely don't. Um, if I were given pointers on this, don't do a funeral of someone who you're really close to. If you want to just have that closure and that rite of passage, you know, funerals are a rite of passage for saying goodbye. And it's an important rite of passage. Um, and I, I think sometimes you just need that, you know? So, uh, yeah. So how do we do a funeral? So, so the way that, that I do it first off is, um, don't crack jokes all over the place. That's not the time. Don't what, what about if you're doing you. my funeral? Can you crack jokes? I couldn't take your funeral. Man. No, no, but see, we're not, we're not that close to friends. We never hang out. When was the last time we were at islands? Come on. It's Cause we live so far away, man. That's what I'm trying to keep That's it. going to change. I'm trying to keep it so you can do my funeral. All right. That's All why right. that's why we're staying far away. I think your dad's going to want to do your funeral. Oh, so you think I'm going that young? <laughs> uh, Pete may not be a prophet, but Pete might know a few things. That's all I'm saying. Just joking. Remember, that's corporateboxoffice.com. Poor size. <laughs> Let's change the subject. <laughs> so, uh, Anyways, no, man, you know, I'll do the, I'll do the best I can. And if I can, brother, I'm going to find an inflatable blow up 
little person ninja to fly around during the entire service. Oh, I think you need to like truck in 150 little people ninjas. <laughs> just Paul Bears. Just Paul Bears. But I want them to like lift me up like over their head. Can, <laughs> like I, can I dress them like Ewoks? So that do, they're like, ooh, cha. You can do whatever you want. I'm dead, man. I'm dead. But that I want was, to, that was. I want it to be like, oh, I like that even better. But I want it to be like, <laughs> like, like they're stage diving, right? That's what I want. I My want wife's to... looking at me. She's not convinced we're actually doing a serious Bible podcast here. <sighs> All right. Let's go back to the I don't funeral. think we are. Okay. All right. Back to talking about serious, depressing things. Um, thank you, babe. Duly noted. Thank you for that. Keeps me straight, man. So, uh, you know, going back to this, another pointer uh, that I would uh, check your fly. Always check. Your, no. Okay. Get serious. Now. <laughs> no, um, that's wear true. Black, wear black. Um, I don't mind you having, you know, it's not about you. It's not like a wedding, you know, where it's not about the bride. It, it's not about you this time. Um, wear black. Wear a black tie. Um, as the minister, I don't care what everyone else is doing, but that's kind of like your uniform. You need to look like a chauffeur if you're going to do this. Just don't wear that hat. And uh, as you do it, here's the deal. Um, when you preach the gospel, one of, one of the things that was really important for me was kind of distinguishing how to preach the gospel. If they're saved, you talk about their, the difference Jesus made in their life, quote scripture, and drive it home. Um, Solomon said, better to be in, in the house of mourning than the house of feasting. The reason he says that in Ecclesiastes, is people are thinking about death, and they need when they're thinking about death, you know, people are really open. Their own mortality has hit them in the face. And then also, too, um, if they're unsaved, that's where the rubber meets the road a bit. And so my very first funeral was for a man who did not know Jesus. Hmm. And I, I didn't know how to handle that. I'm like, so I understand how to preach the gospel, but what do I do? Like, hey, you know, Frank didn't believe in Jesus, but, you know, you'll be in hell if you don't believe, just like Frank. Like, what do you do with that? So I asked my uh, pastor, and his his advice to me, and best advice I ever received, was he said, this is the way you handle that. You talk about what Jesus said, I'm the resurrection, the life, yada, 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 whatever text you take. And he goes, and towards the end, you say, look, Frank the, the second Frank died, Frank stood in front of his creator. And if Frank could tell you one thing right now today, it would be, oh, believe, believe in everything Jesus said. Trust in Christ with all your, you know. And he says, let Frank preach it for you. Because when Frank stands before the Lord, he's going to realize. He goes, don't say all that. The last thing you want to do is call call any attention to the fact that this guy might be you know suffering still you know like that's terrible right <clears throat> do you allow people to have their you, you just don't speak to it in my opinion i think it's cruelty to say well hey everybody i know you you have comfort to think he's not suffering in his body but let me tell you about the suffering he's doing in his soul right now you know that's just cruelty that's just sadistic and you need to not do that. I don't think most people would do that. That guy who called earlier for the podcast, um, you know, and left that message, he might do that. Yeah, but he's not a faithful listener of the podcast. <laughs> no, he isn't. So, uh, and by the way, all my family's from Alabama. 
So don't don't take offense. That, that, that's why I can Jake make jokes at certain ethnic groups because I am one of them. Is that is that what that was? Cut, yeah. <laughs> so so I can bag on go. people because it's I, I'm I'm somehow connected. My wife is you know of that descent, so I can bag on that group. Yeah. Um. It's Gran Torino, baby. Gran Torino. I don't understand that. As long as you attack everyone, it's all cool. Is that what they did in Gran Torino? That was a great movie. Oh, absolutely, they did. That was. In a fact, great movie. I saw that movie in L.A. Wait, 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 wait. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Remember? Oh, isn't that best? <laughs> you know, every once in a while, you come across that person. It's just a little crazy. That person that, that you probably shouldn't push too far. That's a great line in that. I gotta, That's what he says right then. I gotta go. Oh, was it? Yeah. I gotta go back and see that one again. Cause that was a, that was a good movie. It was very good. And that's a great I did, scene. I did just on the funeral mix. I did see Death Wish this last weekend. Good. Really good. Really? Oh yeah. I don't oh. know how he did it, but somehow he bought a full auto AR 15. I, you know, I don't know how you do that, but that, that was, was cool. bad timing. <laughs> that's why they, they wanted to release it after the, uh, well, it was supposed to release earlier, but it was right after the Nevada concert. Oh, so they really? put it off. <laughs> so then they're like, well, we can't keep putting it off. <laughs> we'll never get um, this movie guys, out. this is America. There's probably no good time to release that movie. Actually, I'd say there's a, a good time to release that movie. It's called release it now. It was really good. So, so here's the deal, man. Like <laughs> back, the other thing and the, the last, huh? Back to the topic, back to the topic. Um, the last thing, and this is about the, um, actually is second to last thing. The part about people sharing, um, I've seen this go really, really wrong, particularly in funerals I did not officiate, hmm. where they have the family say a couple things. And guys, you, you need, you need to check with the family who they want to share, hmm. right? You can't just make it like a smorgasbord. Everybody just come on up to the buffet table and people start saying stupid things. Weird things. I remember when he used to dress in women's clothing, you know, like don't open that up for everybody. It is not okay. People start sharing secrets. People. So you ask the family, you ask the next of kin who they've agreed can speak. And if they say we want an open time for everybody, which the family sometimes do, you hold the microphone. Now I've seen people try to Grab the microphone from me, doesn't happen. I just say, I'll hold it. I will not let people grab the mic from me when I'm officiating. The reason why is I've got an on-off switch on that microphone. And even if they grab on, I pull back. I pull back. And I said, I'll hold it. I, it, it becomes a thing. Like people know, okay, he's going to hold the mic. I, because what people try to do is they'll try to manipulate yeah. And uh, like I said, I, I had people, um, a friend of mine who took his own life, um, I didn't officiate at that funeral, and I watched people say the most terrible things, and I was ready to jump out of my skin um, because of some of the stupid things said. And you just don't need that. And um, So how do you stop it? Okay, so someone's so saying... So you're holding let, the mic. Let's, let's use this as, as an example. Let's say... Because <clears throat> a lot of our guys are going to do funerals for people who have committed suicide, right? So, because in in Catholicism, mortal sin, blah blah blah. 
Well, when you're holding the mic, okay. So someone starts to go, "It's too bad he's in hell now." You know, yeah. What do you do? You you hold the mic, you pull it back, and you say, "Actually, um, just for everyone here, I want to comfort you. So and so knew Jesus, and right now we have no doubt that they're with the Lord." Um, Yada yada yada. And you say that. You speak for that. They put the only requisite to getting into heaven is put your faith in Christ. And there's no, all the rest is man-made. I just, I just shoot them down. I just flat out contradict them and say, actually, that's not biblical. Right? Because right there, when you're dealing with that, I'd rather have that one person be mad at and me. So do you just take the mic away and then go on to the oh, next absolutely. person? Oh, absolutely. I step back and I speak. And if they go, oh, I'll say, you know, we're going to hear from someone else right now. Boom. I go to someone else and they can be mad at me yeah. because Maybe they and their spouse and their immediate family are mad at me, but the rest of the room is like, thank you. Yeah. Right? Well, especially the family. So who even cares, right? Yeah. Doing this and, for then, the and then it's just like, okay, and everybody quickly gets the lesson, okay, don't be an idiot, right? Like, don't say stupid things here. What um, if he's not people, saved? He's not saved so, and <coughs> someone goes, ah, oh, he's going to hell, blah, blah, blah. Then, then at that point, I pull it back and I say, "Hey, you know what? If if you were in, if you were a God, you know you you would be the judge. Thankfully, you're not the judge right now. That they stood before God and God is a righteous judge. Let's hear from someone else. Boom. Okay. Again, and and so what you're doing is you're you are in control and you have to make sure you're in control. For that reason, what I do is again, I I tend not to have them. Um, come up to the front for that because when you've had them come up, so I, I will take go the mic to them. to them yeah. because then I can walk away from them easily. They're seated. Do you start it by telling people, Hey, you know, I want to keep these to 20, 30 seconds. Yep. Absolutely. You, you put a limit on it. Um, you, you don't say 20 to 30 seconds, but you say brief, you know, let's keep them brief. If you have a story, let's keep it brief because people will tell five minutes and oh, then they'll I pontificate know. on it. And, and so, but you're also again the, the gatekeeper. So if the story's good and it needs to go long, you say that. If the story's just rambling, you say, um, so that other people have an opportunity, um, I'm going to need you to, to, to kind of, you know, um, I, I'm looking for the word here. I'm going to need you to be brief. You know, something like that is, is a nice way to say it. So, you know, and, and you can even, if they say, well, I, you know, I need more, you say, you know what, brother, there's going to be a wake afterwards. Everybody would love to hear that story. Come find this brother. Okay. Who else has something brief? Hmm. Right. I like it. So that's the best way to handle it. So lastly, at the graveside, um, what frequently is done traditionally is you take a piece, you know, the, the caskets there. Sometimes people like to say a couple final words. Remember, you're, you're probably not going to have a mic there. If you do, same rules apply. If not, same rules apply. Normally, it's customary only to have two or three pre-designated people to either say something or pray. Um, and then you just say ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and you take the, the soil and you just sprinkle it on the coffin. That's it. And then you say, let's pray. Yada, yada, yada. Done. Everybody want to thank you for coming. We're going to meet back at such and such house. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, thank you for paying your respects today. I can tell that so-and-so was very loved. And I know that he'd be grateful that you all uh, were a part of his life and took the time to be here. Um, yada, yada. You know, you give a final admonition. Again, Christ is standing there. He comforts those who mourn. Yada, yada. I always end with Jesus. And that's it. It's really simple. 
So don't be afraid of it, guys. Uh, hopefully today this kind of takes a little bit of the teeth out. And uh, if you're really excited to do it, if you've caught on to the joy of funerals, there's something wrong with you. Um, but, you know, it is a great gospel opportunity. I think, and, too, uh, the, the kind of the cool thing is with a funeral more so than with a, a wedding, it's really hard to screw up a funeral in the sense that, like a wedding, it's got to happen. This has got to happen first, and the bride's got to come down, and then, you know, we got to yeah. go to this thing, and then we got to go to that. It's like it's a funeral. Yeah. It almost feels like, look, we weren't prepared for this anyway, so it's going to be all over the place. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing, too, is when you're prepping for it, there is sometimes some preparation that's done, like they, the the deceased or the family wants a certain passage read. The deceased or the family wants certain hymns sung. So you just sort all that. You ask all that at the beginning. You know, it's it's more about what the family wants to do. So, um, yeah. So um, those things are important. So find all that out. And, uh, guys, hopefully it's been helpful to you. And, uh, Pete, with all this doing funerals and running a church plant, you don't have time to do all the books. Where do you go? Well, I was just going to ask, is there anyone that can help me put together my funeral stuff? <laughs> no. <laughs> BibleInnerCircle.com. Cha-ching. Um, uh, yeah, you know, when it comes to getting my books done, my ties, we're coming up here on, on tax day. We use SimplifiedChurch.com. Ta-da! Yeah, you know, and, and it's really good to have that because a lot of churches don't realize as a 501c3, you need to do a 990 or a 990EZ. How do you know the difference? You better talk to somebody and find out which one of those bad boys you got to file. You got to file with the state. You got to file with the government, the uh, IRS. So it's good to be talking to people. If you're planning a church and you're just kind of winging it or flying blind, you have annual uh, requirements. So talk to SimplifiedChurch.com. Let them help you with all your bookkeeping and IRS compliance needs and even payroll. Mm, love it. All right, guys. Well, this has been the Church Planner Podcast. It's your uh, go-to for smack talk and a bunch of nonsense and hopefully some helpful stuff on church planning ministry in general. But remember, if you want to reach the ones that nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music